What's going on, people? I hope you're all safe and well. Welcome back to Over the Top's Transfer Guide to the 2021 Premier League season. Up next, we've got part two of our transfer guide, so we'll be taking a look at the following teams in this episode. Leicester City, Leeds United, Fulham, Everton, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, Burnley, Brighton, Aston Villa, and lastly, Arsenal. If I didn't mention the team you're looking for, go ahead and check out part one of Over the Top's transfer guide, which is already up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. After profiling those teams' transfer business, we also discuss who had the best and worst transfer window, who was the best signing of the lot, and lastly, we'll talk about our preseason predictions now that the squads are all finalized. All right, enough of my intro. Here's me and Justin's conversation. Next up, we've got Leicester City. Um... They also had a pretty interesting transfer window. Uh, coming in, they brought in Timothy Castagne from Atalanta, a Belgian right back. But when I saw him play for Atalanta, played left back. Um, he's looked great so far this season. They brought in Wesley Fofana, center back from uh, Saint Etienne, who uh, played with the guy that Arsenal also signed, who's a center back, and he's also 19, I think. Um, a lot of money for a young player, but. Uh, highly rated. Chengis Under, also from uh, Roma. Wait, how did you uh, say his name? Chengis Under. Is that how you Ch- say his first name? Chengis Singis Under? Under? I don't know. Well, I if don't anyone, know. Just, if anyone is from Turkey or knows Turkish, hit us up if I'm butchering that, please. Uh, but he's a highly rated winger who scores, scores goals, so I think that's probably the most interesting of the bunch. Um, and going out... Uh, we saw Ben Chilwell from Chelsea go to Chelsea for like 50 million, which is crazy money. Adrian Silva, I'm not even sure where he went because he hardly played for Leicester. I think Sampdoria in Italy. Yeah, weird one because he was, used to be a great player. And then uh, Gazal, who is always supposed to be Marez's replacement, not just because they're both Algerian, but because uh, he's a winger who's silky smooth. Uh, he went out alone somewhere. Um. And yeah, that's that was their business. Um, so again, I don't know. Leicester probably most important thing is they kept on hold of a lot of important players like um, like Tielemans and James Madison, and of course Jamie Jamie Vardy. Yeah, but I think overall it's been probably more positive than negative. So, but underwhelming. So I'd probably give Leicester. I'm gonna say B minus a B. I'll go B. Yeah, I mean, they did what they needed to do, right? And so they, they brought in a young center back. They didn't lose one. So they kept on a Soyuncu, which was inter- which was big for them. They got Castagne, um, who, you know, plays on the left for Belgium and Atalanta's played at the right so far with James Justin on the left, who's a great signing. And so, I mean, with James Madison, with Jamie Vardy, with Harvey Barnes, with... Uh, Jose Perez, Ricardo Pereira is going to come back, and I think a big part of yeah. why he didn't leave is because he was injured during this yeah. transfer window. So, even though I play football manager, and he left to Real Madrid in my in my transfer window. So, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, not to say he's the best right back in the world, but he's a good player. He's a really good player, probably a better right back than a lot of teams have in the Premier League. So. You know, you you have to say that they did what they needed to do, and I think a B minus is a really fair grading. And with the C being the exact same team, I think you could argue that they got a little bit better in this transfer window and did what they needed to do. 
Let's move on to Leeds United, Kyle. A very interesting promotion. I think you and I were both really excited that they were coming back to the Premier League. And what's, you know, what's not always normal for a promoted side, they went for it in the transfer window. They were rumored with all sorts of players, even from like Julian Draxler from PSG. Uh, ultimately, he didn't want to leave, but some interesting signings. So to start us off, Rodrigo coming in, Spain's striker coming over from Valencia, Kyle. Crazy. So big coup for them. They brought in Robin Robin Koch from Freiburg. Great signing. They brought in uh, Rafinha from Rennes, I believe, in France. They yeah. brought in Helder Costa from Wolves. Uh, Jack Harrison on loan from Man City. Uh, they got in loan. Diego 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 Llorente, um, and they got in Meslier from Lorient, Lorient, something like that yeah. from France. Uh, yeah. Out, nothing to speak of. So only improved their squad. Um, they already had um, Phillips, who's in the English national team right now. Um, they did have um, what was his name, White, that state that was a defender last year on loan. Oh that yeah, back to Brighton. Uh, which was a loss for them. But you have to say, Leeds, they brought in a lot of quality. Yeah, they did. They did. They exceeded my expectations 100%. When I saw that they signed Rodrigo, a striker, or could play wide forward from Valencia, I was like, oh, man, okay. So not only are they going to be legit with Marcelo Bielsa, their manager, but they're signing some big-name players. You know, Robin Koch at center back was highly rated. I mean, Spurs were looking at him. I think Arsenal were as well. I could be wrong about that, but please fact check me if if so. But highly rated for 13 million pounds. Not bad. Messier, the keeper from Lorient, has been their starting keeper. And he's been good so far, you got to say. Both Helder Costa and Jack Harrison were on loan last season. And they were brought back. And they were important important players to be also starting 11 uh diego llorente came over from was a center back came over from real sociedad you'd expect him to start as well i personally don't know much about rafinha but they also signed him for a decent chunk of change so i guess he's a wide attacker as well so um yeah Leeds brought in some good players but rodrigo really stands out to me on this one he really does um but all these players have been playing most of them have been playing well for them so far in these four games. And Leeds has surprised some people and has really gone after people and played a beautiful, fun style of play. So I really like what they've done. Uh, this is one of the best transfer windows in the league for me. So I'm going to give it an, an, an A. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to give them an A minus, Kyle. I think they, I think they did a good job. I think they're so exciting. I think just watching them play, go to toe to toe with Liverpool, toe to toe with Manchester City, beat up on some smaller competition, and they're going to be an exciting team to watch this season. Uh, next up, we've got Fulham. I'll try to keep this quick because it brought in a lot of lone players, so they probably won't be there next year. Plus, Fulham are just garbage. If any Fulham listen- fans are listening, I'm sorry. Please. Send your fan mail to us on at Over the Top on social media. Uh, they brought in Mario Lamina from Southampton on loan. Anthony Robinson, the American left back. They brought him in from Wigan. They brought in Anthony Knockhart, formerly of Brighton. Kenny Tete, Adarabayo, as we mentioned, center back from Man City. 
Probably the most interesting, Ruben Loftus-Cheek on loan from Chelsea, tagging center mid or center mid. Um, that's probably their biggest signing. Uh, Joachim Anderson, who I remember being linked to a bunch of big teams formerly. Uh, and Adamola Lookman on loan from Leipzig. It just hasn't really worked for him. Ola Aina coming in as well. I think he's a winger. And interestingly, Alphonse Areola, goalkeeper on loan from PSG. Going out, um, they sent out your former Swansea boy, Alfie, Alfie Mawson, somewhere <laughs> else on loan. So it hasn't worked out for Alfie Mawson. But uh, Fulham, pretty much all the business was done at the very end of the transfer window, pretty much in reaction to them playing like garbage. And I think their owner actually apologized for their bad performances, which is pathetic. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Fulham. They're just so bad. It's hard to separate myself from that. But they did make some decent signings on loan. So I'll give them a, I don't know, a D plus. (laughs) What do you make? So with that rating, that means you do not think they did enough to stay in the Premier League as a promoted club. Yeah, I... uh, I agree, and I think it'll be interesting how all these lone players are integrated because, you know, their ceiling could be really high. You could see, oh, yeah, my God, right. they all gel together. It's an amazing team. Adam Ella Lookland, Ola Aina, Tete, right. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is healthy for the whole season, right? Which is right. Be crazy. So, yeah, it's, uh, promising, but I just don't think it's going to cut it. I don't think Mitrovic can lead the line for them. Uh, you know, he's more likely to turn into a sack of potatoes than score 15 goals. So, and D plus C minus. Yeah, it's just, I, I just don't think it's quite enough for them to stay in the Premier League. Is it enough for them to not finish 20th? I think they're 100% going to be in dead last. How about you? Oh, I don't know. West Brom could be in the running as well. Yeah. I mean, Callum Robinson gets injured. You're going to think Charlie Austin is going to lead the line for them. Good luck. Let's move on to a (laughs) very different vibe from the transfer window, Kyle. Everton, the Toffees, up the Toffees. Oh, yeah. yeah. Got a lot of interesting transfers here. We got Robin Olsen coming in on loan on deadline day as a keeper from Roma, I believe. Let me make sure that is right. I believe. Yeah, he was Allison's replacement. Mm-hmm. So they brought him on loan. They were often they were rumored with bringing in Sergio Romero from Manchester United, who is still there, which I know he's not happy about. Uh, they brought in Nkuku, uh from Marseille. They brought in Ben Godfrey from Norwich. They brought in Allen from Napoli, a center defensive mid, who's just awesome. They brought in Duakure from Watford, probably Watford's best player. Uh, Maybe Ismelia Saar as well, but Duakore was very solid player for Watford. And last but definitely not least, James Rodriguez coming over from Real Madrid to Everton. Uh, the outs, they lost Theo Walcott on loan to Southampton, Morgan Schneiderlin to Nice, uh, Stecklenburg to Ajax, uh, Moise Keane on loan to PSG, Kyle. Uh, Umar Nayase, a name people might recognize, was released as well. Uh, Sandro, uh, Leighton Baines retired, uh, and that's all of note. But what do you what do you think of Everton's transfer window, Kyle? I I think they made improvements to 
four-plus starting positions on their squad, and even the signings that are meant to be bench players are good signings. Maybe more than any other team in this transfer window, Everton has completely changed the outlook of their season. I mean, bring. First of all, they brought in Alan and Ducure, both very, very good center midfielders uh, that have a lot of energy and will be good in the Premier League. Ben Godfrey will be a good center back, might not start, but will be good. And Kunku started outside back. Jordan Pickford has been terrible in goals. Uh, well, maybe not terrible, but he's been really iffy. So they needed a backup that can really challenge him. And then to sprinkle on the salt, sprinkle on the stardust, kind of like Salt Bay, James Rodriguez. People I mean, are doubting this. We People still are don't doubting know how... his quality. I mean, could you oh, believe what a, what a joke, Kyle. And we don't even know how much he went for. He could have been a free signing for all we yeah. know. It's, you know, some of his old Colombian clubs are, are supposed to get a tack on. And they said they did receive zero dollars and zero cents. So, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, fascinating. I mean, for even if it was 20 million, which was the rumored fee, like that's still a bargain. I mean, you think of all the players that are signed for more than that. So, man, just watching them play, it's it's not even a luck factor. It's not even like a counter attacking sitting and then it, they just have quality. No. And James is on the ball. It seems like he has acres of space in front of him because his first touch is so amazing. And when you in, invite that quality of James onto the pitch, that just makes it more free and more space for players like Andre Gomez and Richarlison. And I mean, you've seen DCL, Do, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin have a great start to the season. And Alan and Duacore, you have all this talent now. And, you know, with James occupying so much of defenders' mind space, you have all these players that you have to guard as a defense now. So... I mean, what a fantastic window for Everton. And while I think it is weird that they send a promising young player on Moise Keane on loan, everything else you have to say is so positive. And you can tell that they are really backing what Carlo Ancelotti wants to do. 100%. And, you know, not only that, it's not like they're spending crazy money on any of these players either. I mean, I think Alan and Ducure are both like $25 million. So, um, you know, Nkunku on a free you know, Olsen on loan. So this, I love Everton's transfer window. I mean, this has completely changed what they can achieve this season, especially James. Like, it just really goes to show that form is temporary and class is permanent. I mean, James has hardly been seen for years, and he's just looked so good. And we're starting to be reminded of just how good of a player he is. For me, A+, plus. period. End of story. A plus. Easy. Kyle. Easy, easy. I mean, it's a solid A. I don't know if I give A plus in Justin's school of hard knocks, but we do give A's, and Everton definitely deserves an A, Kyle. All right, next up we've got Crystal Palace. Uh, coming in, they signed Nathan Ferguson uh, from the championship, I believe, from West Brom. Uh, he's an outside back. They signed Eberichi Eze, or Easy. I think Eze's. Probably Eze is like the it. correct pronunciation. Easy is our lovely preferred pronunciation here on the well, podcast. I'm, well, I'm going easy, 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 easy. Uh, from QPR, was one of the top players in the championship last season. From everything I hear, uh, the guy's pretty saucy. Uh, Michi Bachuai on loan from Chelsea, striker. Um, that's a really interesting one. Going back to Palace on loan where he was, I think, two years ago. 
Uh, and we talked about Nathaniel Klein earlier, but he actually went there from Liverpool. Really interesting. Uh, going out, another kind of weird one. Alexander Sorloth was signed by RB Leipzig, the Norwegian striker who didn't ever really do it for Crystal Palace, earned a big money move there because he killed it on loan in Turkey last season, apparently. So, um, yeah, kind of an interesting transfer window, and one of the first ones I can remember signed a lot of attacking players so i don't know justin what do you make of this one yeah it's hard to gauge because they didn't really lose anybody they kept a hold of jordan ayu more importantly they kept a hold of wilfried zaha who's somehow still on crystal palace i don't understand that for the life of me but yeah, me neither still on that team so did they get worse no did they get better? Maybe a little bit. So, I mean, Batshuayi is a good signing. I think, you know, he's kind of been a little hard done by at Chelsea. You know, he went to Dortmund, did well. He didn't went to Valencia, did not do so well. Yeah. So, up and down, but they're not a worse squad than they were. They still have all their pieces. So, I'd probably say a C-plus for Crystal Palace, slightly better. Where are you at? I'm feeling a little more optimistic about this. I feel like every summer Crystal Palace signs these like classic English center backs or defenders who are just the least sexy sexy players possible, like a Burnley signing, you know, they just someone who's not gonna excite anyone, but this time they actually signed Bachwai back on loan and a creative player, a creative attacking center mid. I mean Crystal Palace just doesn't have those, so um, of course, there's a lot of question marks on Eze, but is who I'm talking about, of course. But um, Eze brings them something different that this Palace team hasn't had in like years or ever, <laughs> as long as I can remember. So um, them bringing in those two players alone, uh, you know, to me is is a is a step in the right direction. So I'd actually give Palace like maybe even a, a I, I'd give them a B. I would, because they desperately needed a striker. And to add some creativity in there is like what this team has lacked for a long time. So I'm going to go B. I'm going to amend my rating. I'm going to give them a B-, minus because after thinking about it as you were talking, I, Eze is a really good player, especially out of the championship. And, you know, Nathaniel Klein does nothing to me for me, but... Eze and Batshuayi can come into the squad and add some quality. So I'm going to go B minus, Kyle. Let's move on to another London club like Crystal Palace, but unlike Crystal Palace, signed a lot of players this summer in Chelsea Football Club. Uh, this will take a second to get through all of these. So buckle up because we have a lot to get through. Incomings, we got Timo Werner coming over from RB Leipzig, Kyle, on a release clause triggering deal. Uh, so basically a bargain compared to what some teams would have to pay if that didn't exist. They got Kai Havertz, uh, his, form, his patriot from Bayer Leverkusen. They got Hakim Zayek, very highly rated out of Ajax, who was part of that great team that should have beat Spurs to be in the Champions League final. They got they got Saar coming over from Nice. They got Ben Chilwell 
coming over from Leicester in a huge deal. Uh, they got Thiago Silva on a free from PSG. Uh, they got Edward Mendy coming over from Ren as a keeper for them to spell. I guess spell is the nice way to put it. Uh, Kepa in, in goal. Out, outgoings. They got Tiamue Bakayoko going to Napoli on loan. They got Malang Sa- they got Sar, who is an incoming. He's going out to Porto on loan. They got Ruben Loftus-Cheek going to Fulham on loan. Uh, Marco Van Ginkle, you remember him? He played like two games from uh, for Chelsea in 10 years or however long he's been there. It was a PSV on loan. I just thought I'd mention that. Ross Barkley, who's been in and out of the Chelsea lineup, you have to say, going to Aston Villa on loan. Batshuayi, as we just talked about, going to Crystal Palace. Uh, Ars- or sorry, Willian going to Arsenal uh, on a free because his contract ran out. And you have Pedro going to Roma. Uh, you have uh, Kennedy going out on loan and then Ethan Ampadu going out on loan, Kyle. So what do you make of that? That is so much activity over in West London, Kyle. Yeah, you got to say, Chelsea were the most busy team of any team in the transfer window, even measuring up to teams like, you know, Leeds and Spurs, who did tons of business. Um, You know, before the season started, you know, maybe three, four weeks ago, this was a team everyone was like, they won the transfer window. They won the transfer window. But what I will say is they overpaid for a lot of these players. But if you take finances out of this, they improved the squad so much. I mean, Werner up top or out wide, you know, Germany's striker. Havertz is like the prodigy of Germany. Everyone thinks he's like the most highly rated, you know, German to come out of, you know, the Bundesliga in a long time. He can play multiple positions. Ziyech, I love Ziyech as a creative wide player. Ben Chilwell, way overpaid for him, but he's a great left back. I mean, he's England's best left back. Tiago Silva, he's 36 and really old, but you can't question Tiago Silva's pedigree at all. But um, and then, as you said, uh, they signed a keeper to just play anyone but Kepa. So Chelsea did a ton <laughs> of business, a ton, and um, the only really thing going against them for me, well, there are two things: they overpaid for a lot of these players, not all of them. Like Werner was a deal, but Number two, I think what they really needed to improve was their center backs. And they brought in a 36-year-old Thiago Silva, which is really my biggest question mark over this transfer window. You know, Lampard has shown that he can get his teams to be playing great attacking fluid football, but defensively are really, really, you know, suspect. And they bring in Thiago Silva, who's been fantastic for forever, it seems. But he's 36 years old. He's never played in the Premier League, and he doesn't speak English. It's a lot of question marks. And I think the Thiago Silva signing alone, I understand it's a good economic move because he was signed on a free, and he has leadership. But that's the one part about this whole window that makes me seriously question this. But even that being said, how can this not be a great transfer window? So for me, Chelsea gets an A-. Yeah, I totally agree with all of that. I think they get an A minus, some questions on the center back part, but 
overall, I mean, they're a better team than they were last season. And if these new signings gel together, if you have a Werner, Pulisic, uh, Kai Havertz, and Hakeem Zayek on the right, that could be that could be very interesting. But where does that leave Mason Mount, Kyle? Well, he's still starting for England and starts for Chelsea uh, somehow. How is how is he the number ten shirt for England? I just it's crazy. I don't it's understand. crazy. But what I will say real quick, you know, I mentioned the finances. Ben Chilwell, fifty million. That's crazy. Crazy. Kai man. Havertz. Good for Lester. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Kai Havertz is the most expensive Premier League signing. I think more expensive than Pogba. He was a lot it's of like, money. I don't know that off. If he's though. not the most expensive, he's definitely up there. And I love what I've seen of Havertz, not on Chelsea, but it's crazy money. But you can't question the quality of these players. So even if they overpaid, kind of like City signings, um, they're good ones. So you got to give them that. Uh, next up, we... <laughs> a little less exciting. Um, <laughs> just a little. We've got Burnley, who did... Absolutely nothing, more or less. They brought in Dale Stevens, center mid from Brighton. Uh, going out, Joe Hart joined Spurs on a free. Jeff Hendrick went to Newcastle on a free. Aaron Lennon was released. I don't even know if he's still playing. Former Spurs player. And then Ben Gibson, who was supposed to be good all those years ago for Middlesbrough, uh, released as well. Justin, Dale Stevens, and that's it. That's Burnley's transfer window. Yikes, man. I, I know I'm really concerned about Burnley and their chances. Uh, what do you make out of this window? Brutal, Kyle. It's just there's no sugarcoating that you can do for Burnley's transfer window. It's brutal. I mean, they were a thin squad as it was. I think Sean Dyche has always been a great coach and done a lot with their squad. But you have to be worried for Burnley. You have a couple good players, some nice players in that Burnley squad. You have Chris Wood, who's leading the line, but man, to be the not only no transfer window, Kyle, but they are the 19th most valuable club, according to Transfer Market. And do you know how many clubs are in the Premier League, Kyle? There are 20. There are 20 clubs. So they're the second worst club as far as far as transfer markets uh market value for all of their players combined so really really worried for burnley dale stevens was on one of my fantasy teams at one point as a really cheap signing because there's like two types of uh, premier league fantasies there's the one with the draft you know how you draft all your players uh, and then there's the one where you have like you'll have a hundred pounds and you have to like disseminate that over different players and that yeah. was the type that i had dale stevens because he was so cheap because he, he was, was so like bad. four million or something right because he was the cheapest, cheapest you could be because he was so bad yeah. so i don't know kyle it's brutal i don't see how you could give it any grade besides an f f straight up all, all the only other thing i'll say besides giving it a big fat f sean deitch their manager has been overachieving like like no other at burnley for five plus years all summer, he was complaining about the lack of money and not being supported by the board, and they still didn't give him anything. So uh, Burnley is a situation to keep your eye on because they've been overachieving for so long. I kind of worry about them, and they're a tiny club. Um, it's been great to have them in the Premier League, but I, I worry about their... All right, next up, we have Brighton. 
uh, Kyle, who a team on the podcast that last year, if you had, uh, if you've listened last year, and we've mentioned multiple times on the podcast, we were not fans of Brighton at all. Brighton and Hove Albion, we hated their jersey, we hated their name, uh, we hated their stadium called the Amex Stadium. We we hated all of it. Their style of play, like there there was nothing we did not hate. This season's a little different though, Kyle. So a couple incomings. They have Joel Veltman coming in. They have Adam Lalana coming in as well from Liverpool. Uh, they have Den Donker coming in from Bruges, not the Den Donker you think of. Uh, <laughs> outgoings, you have Anthony Knockart going to Fulham. He was on Fulham last year, this just going on a permanent. You have Aaron Mui leaving for China. You have Shane Duffy. Glenn Murray, Martin Montoya, and as we mentioned, Dale Steffens going to Burnley. What do you think of Brighton's transfer window, Kyle? I like it. I like it. I feel like Brighton cleared out a lot of the championship sort of driftwood. Uh, Pretty much, I mean, Glenn Murray's been good for them. Shane Duffy's been good for them, but they're both very old, and are they Premier League players? I'm not so sure. Um... The only one that gives me a little bit of pause is Aaron Moy going players last season. Um, but the players they brought in, you know, Veltman from Ajax for under a million pounds. How did that happen? You Not know? bad. And, and you know, Brighton play this system with three center backs and with wing backs. So if you have Lewis Dunk, Ben White, who was on, at Leeds last season on loan, but they kept permanently, and then Veltman, that's... That's not bad. not bad. And then they brought in Adam Lallana, and you know they kept all their important players. So, and as we've seen this season, Brighton have actually, you know, their results have been mixed, but they've played really well. And Manchester United had completely daylight robbery against Brighton. Um, you know, they're clearly the better team. So, I think this Brighton team is going places, and I don't think they're going to be sitting around the relegation. But I mean, they might be down there, but um, I don't see them getting relegated, and you got to give credit to credit where credit's due um, to their manager, Graham Potter. You know he changed their style of play to some, uh, you know, stylish attacking, fluid um, play, and not only has he made them easier on the eye, but he's um, improved their results. So I got to give him credit, man. So I, I'm Absol- gonna give Brighton a like a I'm gonna say a B. Yeah, Brighton, B for Brighton, absolutely. I mean, what can you say? I mean, their style of play has been fantastic so far. You have Trossard, you have Connolly, you have Mape leading the line for them, which is really exciting. And then a player that you and I have talked about a bunch is Lamptey doing really well. He was rumored they kept a hold of him, uh, you know, with Bayern Munich interested. Other other cl- other big clubs were interested as well. So not only bringing in Lalana for quality, but keeping a hold of those players. So. I would say great window for Brighton. 100%. Uh, we're getting near the end here. We've got two left, but real quick. First, we've got Aston Villa. Um, I'm going to intro this by saying one of the most interesting transfer windows and sort of cheeky transfer windows uh, out of all the 20 Premier League clubs. They brought in Matty Cash, a an outside back from Nottingham Forest. Ollie Watkins, who scored a hat trick against Liverpool. I I know. I'll say that again. Hat trick against Liverpool. He was taught. He was uh, the championship 
the second division's uh, top goal scorer last season. Uh, They signed him from Brentford. He's a striker, um, and he's been good so far. Uh, Bertrand Traore, they signed the wide attacker from Lyon. Um, That one really kind of caught my eye as well, because Traore was playing well in the Champions League. Then he went to Villa, of all places. And they also signed, even more interesting, Ross Barkley on loan from Chelsea. Uh, hasn't really worked out for Barkley on loan or at Chelsea yet, so this is sort of a, a a chance to show everyone what he has to get into that England team for the Euros uh, this summer. Uh, going out, they uh, they sent Samata, one of their strikers, out to Fenerbahce. James Chester, who is still there, I guess, uh, was you know he left as well. And Borja Bastone, didn't he sign for Swansea all those years ago? Anyway, whatever. Um, but Villa. You got to say, one of the best transfer windows. I mean, this is another one of those teams where their transfers have sort of changed their outlook on what they can achieve. And probably most importantly, they kept Jack Grealish. I don't know. What do you make of all this? They kept Grealish, and I I don't know if you mentioned this or if I was daydreaming or drinking wine, but they also brought in Emiliano Martinez as a keeper. I totally forgot about that one. I mean, who's been big for them, so... I mean, you have to say positive things about Aston Villa, who in our in our preview podcast, we were saying, oh, F, terrible. They brought in no attackers. But here we go with Bertrand Traore, Ollie Watkins, Ross Barkley, who, was, who we would never have thought they would have brought in. So I mean, just this injection of quality. Yeah, right. Just... Right. So, I mean, if you have a front four of Ollie Watkins, Bertrand Traore, uh, Ross Barkley, and... Jack Grealish. That's really interesting. And then you have Douglas Luiz, who just started for Brazil in uh, the World Cup qualifying uh, as a CDM. I mean, that can be... You have Tyrone Mings in the center back. You have a much better keeper in Emiliano Martinez. That's a better club. I don't care what you say or if you don't like the players. That is a better club than last season, who was arguably should have been relegated. So, I mean, Aston Villa... A minus for Aston Villa. I mean, fantastic window. Yeah, I'm going to go a little bit higher, and I've been debating A plus, but I'll give him an A. I'll give him a straight up A because I 100% had Aston Villa going down and relegated. Um, and now I can't imagine them, you know, I, I can imagine them maybe flirting with relegation because. They've had such a great start to the season, three wins and zero losses. Um, but I'm trying to distance myself from what they've done so far. But even then, I can't see this team being relegated. They've No. You know, last season, their approach was a really scattershot transfer approach where they just threw money in like 10 different positions. This was much more focused. And it's exactly what they needed. You know, you could say maybe their center backs need a bit more improving, but great transfer window from Villa. Um I've got to say, one of the best out of all 20 Premier League clubs. So for me, hey. Agreed, Kyle. We'll move on to our last team here. And I, I was kidding when I said West Ham was your favorite team. Ha ha. Arsenal is your favorite team, Kyle. It really is my favorite team here. And yeah. we had a decent amount of activity here, so we'll get right into it. Thomas Partey coming in from Atletico Madrid on deadline day. Big signing for them. Really, really important. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Pablo Mari coming back from loan. Cedric Suarez coming over permanently from Southampton. Uh, Willian coming over from Chelsea on a free. 
Uh, Gabriel coming over, a highly rated center back coming over from Lille. Uh, you have William Saliba coming over as well. Uh, Danny Ceballos returning on loan again from Real Madrid. And Alex Runarsson coming over from Dion. Dion? I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, leaving Arsenal, you have Henrik Materian going over to Roma on a permanent. You have Lucas Torreira going over to Atletico Madrid on loan. You have Matteo Guendouzi coming over, going over to Hertha Berlin on loan. You have uh, Emily. Uh, uh, you have Emiliano Martinez going over to Aston Villa, uh, as we just mentioned. So, you know, a lot of lot of activity over at Arsenal, and I have to say they got better. Kyle, they they brought in a player and a position that's been often maligned. You know, you've had Dennis Ceballos play that, but that is not his natural position. You've had Granit Xhaka play that, but you know, I mean, how many up and down, hot and cold? Time, how 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 hot and cold is Granite Xhaka, you know? So you have to say Arsenal did a good job in the transfer window. I mean, even before deadline day, before they signed Thomas Partey, um, you know, I mean, there's no getting away from this. I hate, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Arsenal. I'm a Spurs fan, you know? But even taking my Spurs fan hat off, I thought highly of this transfer window even before they signed Thomas Partey. And the one question I'll ask is, how long have they needed a holding center mid? I mean, I know maybe eight years ago they had Song, but even then, I don't know how defensive he was. I think they've needed a defensive center mid since, like, Patrick Vieira left, since we were little kids. I mean, really, it's been like 15 years. And they finally signed a player like Thomas Partey. To me, Arsenal gets an A. I mean, they addressed pretty much every part of their squad that really needed addressing. They signed a center back. Sure, he's young and there's some question marks, but, you know, it's it's really, it's promising. Um, Willian, I think, was really sneaky, great, you know, free transfer. And Thomas Partey is really just the, the cherry on top. I think they've needed a player like Thomas Partey for, like, God knows how long. I will say about Thomas, I don't know. I actually think he's a lot less of a defensive center mid than people are making it out to seem. I think him playing in Atletico's system makes him seem a lot more defensive than he actually is. But that being said, he still adds a lot of steel and energy and physicality that Arsenal have been lacking for a long time. I, uh, I'm going to be careful what I say here because... I was about to say, I love their transfer window. Yeah, I don't love anything Arsenal does because I'm a biased Spurs <laughs> fan, but um, they had a great transfer window. I actually think really highly of Arsenal going this season. I can't believe I'm saying that, but um, I got to give them an A, man. I got to give them an A. Wow. I want I to use that. I want to clip that and use that as a line that you're giving Do Arsenal it. an A, and we'll input it in random episodes. This so is my, like... this is part of my quest to be a little more unbiased, but not even besides that. Like, and I'm staring at you, and I feel like your face is ripping in half, just tearing apart. But you just you're spot on, Kyle. I'm like... gonna give Arsenal an A minus, just because I don't think they have enough to be in the top four yet, which is ultimately yeah. Arsenal's should be Arsenal's goal. But yeah. I mean, I agreed with the fantastic window that they had. So 
A minus for Arsenal. 100%. Uh, yeah, so that's all 20 uh, Premier League teams. I know that was a lot of information, but, um, you know, we're just going to do a little sort of uh, high-level overview here and talk about the best the best and the worst of the transfer window. So, um, Justin, I got, I, I've been thinking a lot about who had the best transfer window, and there are, like, maybe five or six teams that had great windows. But I wanted to ask you, who... Who, for you, won the transfer window? Man, so many clubs could be in this. Uh, man, that, that, it's a tough question, Kyle. I'm going to have to do this. I hate, I hate having to admit this on the podcast. Say it. Tottenham Hotspur had the best window, Kyle. You brought in, you brought in another left back, another right back. Center back still a question, but you know it's another center mid. You have Gareth Bale coming in. You have, I mean, goodness, this is scary. If you have Bale, you have Harry Kane, you have Son. Oh man, I, I it has to be the best trio, or if not with you think I the mean, best. You could argue. I mean, you could argue with Liverpool, but I mean, yeah. geez, I mean, as a defender, I'm shitting my pants a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spurs. Spurs for me, Kyle. I mean, even though I gave them an A minus, but I they're if if things go well over there at White Hart Lane, they they can do real some real damage this season. So going with Spurs. Who you got? Well, I think you need to revisit your uh ranking on A minus there. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Yeah, no, I hey, I agree that Spurs had a great transfer window and they were I was really thinking about two clubs when I was thinking about who had the best transfer window and, you know, Spurs are definitely one of them. Cause I think Bale completely changes just even the mood in the dressing room, but I'm going to go Everton. Um, Everton before the season started and before they completely rehauled the field, just an average mid table club for me, not going anywhere. Great manager, but didn't really see them going anywhere. Then they bring in James a little bit of stardust. Then they bring in Ducouré, a little bit of energy. And then they bring in uh, Alan, who's energy and steel. And all three have all three have quality. They brought in a center back as well, backup keeper. To me, this was as close to a perfect transfer window as you can get. I mean, I have some question marks over their center back still. But having said that, you know, I did mention that they brought in a center back as well more of a long-term prospect but Everton's transfers have completely changed what the club and what fans and pundits and everyone watching the Premier League thinks that they can achieve this season people are talking about them maybe qualifying for, qualifying for Champions League I mean that <laughs> that's huge it's, I don't, it's I don't, not right now that does not seem outlandish Kyle it doesn't seem crazy I mean, they're they're playing Liverpool this weekend, and people are like, wow, this is the first Merseyside derby. You know, they're rivals, both in the city of Liverpool. This is the first Liverpool derby that people can remember in a long time, where it's like, damn, this could be a contest. So I think these transfers have completely changed Everton as a club, what they can achieve, um, and I love it. So I, I, to me, A+, this best window... Everton, easy. And James Rodriguez is so good to have a player of that quality playing well. 
and in the Premier League of all places. It's it's tough to disagree, Kyle. I mean, they were up there for me as well. I'm going to ask you the reverse. Who do you think had the worst transfer window this season? Oh, well, this one's easier because I think there were more teams that had great windows than terrible windows. And there were a few that had terrible thinking of, but I'll leave the big dog to you. Um, I'm going Burnley. This is a club where they've overachieved for five plus years. Their manager's been asking about transfers for a long time. Uh, all summer, basically. He didn't get them. He only got Dale Stevens from from Brighton, which is terrible. It's the most Burnley signing I can think of. Um, it's a terrible they, window. They've overachieved for such a long time, and they brought in jack shit. And, you know, you already have a manager complaining. I don't know. This, this reeks of a club that's overstayed their welcome after overachieving for such a long time. I think this window could cost Burnley. And I know they've probably struggled with uh, COVID and how that's impacted their finances, but they did the absolute least of any of the clubs. And um, it's not just that that makes this transfer window bad. It's that they really needed a good transfer window, and they didn't have that. They had a, a terrible one. So terrible straight up, F, I, I fear for Burnley. I, I don't know. I have them getting I'm about them getting relegated right now. What about you? It's hard to disagree with that because I think their transfer window cost them possibly a place in the Premier League, but due to expectations and where they should be, Manchester United, Kyle, should be in an AP class, right? That's the style. That's the standard we should hold Manchester United. They are not in remedial biology. They are in AP biology, Kyle. And what do they do? They go to Goodwill and, like, last minute, get some textbooks. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. It's not what an AP student should do. Absolute big, fat, gigantic F for Manchester United. And you bring in a player in Donny Van de Beek, really really good signing, quality. Where does he fit in? He's not even starting for you. Uh, What do you do? You bring in a good left back. That's, That's an improvement. I'll give you that. Cavani, yeah, that's an improvement. Maybe we'll see. Where does that leave Martial? I don't know. Can he still play in the other position? Is he overrated? I don't know. But then, Kyle, you're leaking in goals. De Gea is not great. You're not playing Dean Henderson, which is not part of the transfer window. But above De Gea, you have Slabhead Maguire, Lindelof, Eric Bailly. You didn't improve on any of that. He spent $80 million last year on Harry Maguire. That's been awful. It's brutal. I mean, it's hard to say that Everton haven't passed them, that Leicester are not a better team than them, that have direction. You could argue Wolves on a good day should beat United, like should beat United. Yeah. Uh, you got to say Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea, City, and Liverpool are better than United. And it's not a place that a team that's won 20-plus titles and is the theater of dreams should be. So big fat F, Manchester United, Kyle. It's hard to argue with that. And then on top of the whole center-back discussion, uh, they ended up selling Chris Smalling after a great season with Roma, um, who I was always thinking is their second-best center-back. But after seeing how McGuire has played these last 
two months or so. It looks like he's still on his Greek vacation getting arrested, but um, <laughs> oh, yeah, he, uh, he's he's been really bad. I still think he's a good player, but Jesus, yeah, I they clearly need a director of football. Even for me, it's kind of sad to watch. So anyway, I, I've been so that's the best and worst of um you know. We didn't even actually get into who had the best, who was the best transfer. So real quick, before we get into the updated tables, I've been thinking a lot about who is the absolute best signing. And I'm going to turn this over to Justin right after I give my answer. But to me, there's one clear answer in this. James Rodriguez. You know, James on a team like Everton, unbelievable. And he is absolutely, you know, people always question if these really technical, skilled players who aren't the most athletic or physical, people always question if they'll be good Premier League players, if they'll be athletic enough, strong enough, because James is neither of those things. He's made it look so easy. And that just, it you know, you can always tell how good a player is by how much time they have on the ball. And James just seems to have all the time in the world to do whatever the hell he wants. I think James has completely changed his team and has revitalized his career in doing so. But, man, he's just brought Everton to another level. So i I got to go James. Who you got? I agree. But I think another player to keep in mind, Kyle, is one that I, that I promoted uh, could be going to Aston Villa on our preview show, who's come in and been awesome for them, and that's Ollie Watkins. Who's the striker from Brentford, Kyle? I watched a bit of him last year because Swansea is in the championship. I happen to watch and pay attention to some of the top teams in the championship. And Brentford, to be quite honest, should have been promoted. And he would still be on Brentford if they were promoted. So that is a great coup uh, for Aston Villa. And he's going to lead the line. He's going to score 15 plus goals and be a great addition for that team so another one to keep your eye on but i agree james i mean it's hard to argue with everything that you just said he's been a fantastic signing for everton good shout good shout let's get let's get into uh just real quick i know we've gone quite a bit of time here but let's talk about amended top four and relegation picks kyle we gave the we gave our initial picks before the transfer window is over which is really hard to do because it's an incomplete assignment, Kyle. We have the complete squads now, for the most part, minus Ben Rama. Maybe that's going to come into West Ham, but it's not going to make a difference in the title race. Who's in your top four? Is it the same? Is it different? What? How does this end? How did this transfers impact your top four and top six, Kyle? Well, yeah, no the the extended transfer window, and you're. You're right. I don't think the EFL transfer window is really going to change too much uh, for either side of the table, really. Maybe for some of the lower um, the clubs near the bottom of the table. But um, yeah, I guess I'll start off with talking about my top four and top six. Um, I guess it's only natural to refer back to what I chose about a month ago before the season even started. Uh, Before the season started, I had Manchester City winning the title. And this was before they signed Ake and Ruben Diaz. I had Liverpool finishing second, Chelsea third, and Spurs fourth. And that was like a really controversial pick at the time. 
Um, but I was confident they were going to do some more business. You know, more importantly, I was not so convinced by what Manchester United had done, and I thought their performances in the second half of last season kind of papered over some cracks. So I had Manchester United finishing fifth, and in sixth I have Ar- I had Arsenal before the season started. So City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, United, Arsenal. Now, after the transfer window has finished, more or less, you know, I... I've been doubting myself on this one, but I'm going to stick to my guns. I still think Man City, I expect them to start firing any second now. They signed two new center backs. You know, I think, I expect them to play better. Uh, In second, I still have Liverpool. In third, I still have Chelsea. And guess what? My top four didn't change at all. I still have Spurs finishing fourth uh, after the addition of Bale, Carlos Vinicius, etc. But I did switch up the rest of this. Uh, I've got Arsenal finishing fifth. I like where they're going. You know, I kind of hate to say that I think Arsenal is a really good squad with a great manager. And I got Manchester United dropping down to sixth. Uh, So a little shuffling there right outside of the Champions League spots. But I'm happy with my picks that I made a month ago. But, um, yeah, who you got? Kyle, I, I I have a little more going on. Uh, from my last prediction, so I'll give it to you. My last prediction was City, Liverpool, Chelsea, United in my top four. Now we have City, one. I think, like you said, I think they're going to fire, start firing. I think they're going to start to get their mojo. Their new signings are going to come in and make an impact. Two is Liverpool. They have too much quality. Three, we have Spurs, Kyle. That's how high I am on their transfer window. I think they're going to come in and do a hell of a job in the Premier League this season. I mean, Mourinho said a while ago his best coaching job was when he got second with United, and that was a much worse squad than he now has at his disposal at Spurs. So excited to see what he can do there. Fourth, I still have Chelsea in the in the top four. I think they have too much talent uh, relative to the other clubs to miss out. Five. Kyle, I have Everton. Uh, kind of a surprise here coming in and challenging. I mean, I told you in our preview way back in the day that their ceiling was four. And they're coming in and playing to their ceiling, and I think they could get close to it. So I see them as five, Arsenal six. And for those of you wondering who's left out, because I mentioned Everton, that would be my at big fat F Manchester United. Who I have is eighth behind Leicester City at seventh. Oh, so, man. very interesting. Let's move on to our relegation picks, Kyle. Probably you, not a you, lot. Real of- quick, you, you had some real spicy picks on that top four, top six there. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, hey, Spurs. I mean, I'm not going to get an argument out of you that they shouldn't be in the top four. So, no, I think you're being too optimistic (laughs) i've been a spurs fan for too long anyway yeah i mean this is the guy that you're talking to that was wearing a spurs jersey during the last podcast so something is happening i don't know what is happening uh in the bottom kyle it's a real tussle between west brom and fulham for 19th and 20th right now i have fulham is 20th and west brom is 19th flip a freaking coin doesn't matter down you go in our last podcast, in our in our preview podcast, I should say, 
Aston Villa was my number 18 just because they hadn't made any signings. I was really worried about their attack and their defense and losing Grealish. The opposite of that happened, and I don't see them going down at all now with all the quality that they have. So someone new must come in. Right now, Sheffield is in those places. I think they are going to struggle this season, but I don't think they're going to go down because West Brom and Fulham are so bad. But Kyle, your worst transfer window team was Burnley. And I see them really struggling this season. Not just because they've had a slow start, but just what is their depth? What quality do they have minus a couple players? They have a good keeper that can keep them in games, but really worried for them. So I'm going to stick them in the 18th spot, Kyle. What do you got? Well, just to make things short and sweet, I agree with you on Fulham and West Brom. They suck. <laughs> like I don't see them. I don't see them. I either of them finishing above 19th. I've got Fulham in dead last because I just haven't seen. They leak too many goals. They can't really score goals. They just lack quality. I've got West Brom in 19th. That's how I picked both now and a month ago. But a month ago, before the transfer window closed, I picked Aston Villa. This is before they made all their big signings, and we gave them a big fat F on their transfer window. Um, things have changed. I'm very convinced by who they've signed, and they're really targeted uh, transfers. So I'm with you. I don't think Villa's in that tra- uh, relegation dogfight anymore. So I could not agree more. I gave Burnley a big fat F in the transfer window. Um, Burnley's who gonna, who's going to step in and play Sevilla and get relegated. I mean, I, I can see Crystal Palace struggling. I can see Sheffield struggling. I mean, I can see Villa being down there, but Burnley's the one to me that just reeks of... Man, I, I, I worry for them. Yeah, I, I mean, I could them. potentially also see Southampton struggling. Um, I don't see it, but if people get injured, I could see Southampton, especially Danny Ings. Uh, but yeah, Burnley... This is rough, Kyle. Dale Stevens okay. to come in and stay, save the day. I don't see it, but that's all we got. That's 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 it. Nice, short, and sweet. Huh. Uh, there's a lot of lot of info to go over. A lot of transfers, like I said in the beginning. But man, it's it's been an interesting season so far. Just reeking of goals. So we'll see if that continues yeah. in this weekend with big matchups of Liverpool and Everton and Arsenal City, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, those are the marquee uh, matchups. Yeah, I know we just threw a lot of information your way. Think of this as the encyclopedia or like Premier League for dummies um, sort of thing. So um, I know teams like Burnley and Aston Villa don't get a lot of coverage. So we wanted to give them some love or some hate and uh, just talk a little bit about, you know, what we can expect. And yeah, I just kind of wanted to get on record who I think is going to win top four and get relegated. So uh you know, y'all can just laugh in my face when I'm wrong. It's in. It's on record now. We'll make it official on the Twitter at Over the Top EPL if you're on Twitter and soon to be on Instagram as well. But that's going to do it for this episode. Catch us next Tuesday when we come out with the recap of Match Week 5. But for Kyle, this is Justin. We'll see you next time. See y'all.